think of that we've got a new jingle got a new jingle phil's photography journey podcast episode 34 vegas edition headshot mania recording this on friday the 6th of march 2020 we've got some sunshine over here in london which makes a change weather has been pretty awful recently and on top of that we've got coronavirus issues covid19 and uh, all those other winter things that tend to happen but we will soldier on through this is a podcast to take us away from all of that hopefully so welcome. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I spoke with you. It was in the uh, the lead up to going off to Vegas. And I did have some concerns then about the travel. Surprise, surprise about the weather, because we had another storm incoming. But um, thankfully, everything was fine. Uh, I was tracking flights that were coming in, looking out on Twitter for Virgin Atlantic. Uh, and actually, we got a bit of a kind of rushed call to board the plane um, when I got over to Heathrow journey of which to Heathrow was probably the wettest I've ever driven on UK roads but it was good all was good uh sat next to somebody on the flight uh who ran a hotel runs hotel in central London got talking about headshots handed up my business card that's all good and uh yeah it's, it, it does make a difference when things do go to plan and do go on time and uh so arrived there Sunday evening obviously you know local time taxi driver took us on a um I suppose it was the shortest route. I went with a normal taxi and probably paid top dollar for that. Uh, although the Uber coming home wasn't much different. But any, anyway, it was uh, it was an experience and I like to kind of help local businesses sometimes. So I think, God, what time did I get to the hotel? Probably about 6.30, something like that. And the flight had left the UK mid-afternoon. But obviously there's all sorts of time differences um, built into that. Hotel's very good. I mean... There's probably no such thing as a small hotel, boutique hotel in the main Las Vegas Strip. Um, We were right at the northern tip of the Strip, the Sahara. And uh, funny enough, the taxi driver said to me as we were pulling in, he said, "Um, probably don't want to be walking around here too much at night, uh, which gave you a feel for the area. Uh, And immediately opposite the hotel, there was what I thought was initially a construction site because there were loads of cranes. Uh, but actually, it was a crane convention. Yeah, honestly, multicolored cranes there for a convention. And then actually walking out of the door of the hotel, turning left towards the strip, there was initially some construction work, like proper construction work this time. Uh, there was one where there's, I think, a hotel where they did some work and some there was some funding issues or some perhaps some stability issues, whatever, but it's kind of in a part-built state. Uh, and then eventually you get to where it's where it's lively. And uh, I'll do a very early plug here for a video that I put together. It's only about three minutes long. Uh, there's no talking in it. It's just some soundtracks. And I picked a track for during the daytime, which was on the Monday. And then the dusk was actually the journey back to the airport at the end of the uh, the trip. And the nighttime was uh, also on the Monday that we recorded the day session. So. When uh, I was aware that a couple of people were in the area, I think some people were actually having a, a holiday where they spent a few days in Vegas before the event and sometimes at a different hotel. But I met with Stefan Audran from his base in Nantes and it was his first trip to the US. And we got together on the Monday and we basically did a tourist bit. So we, we walked down to the strip and we took in the sights and sounds and experiences. It was a beautiful day, warm day, about probably about 22 degrees, uh, which I think even 
Vegas terms, that's that's quite warm. I don't think you would always get those days on on a regular basis at this time of year. In fact, later in the week we had some rain, so it, you know, and it was quite cool in the mornings at night time. But you know, what I wanted to do was was basically do that to be a tourist. So on the Monday it was all about the strip. Um, we had a, a good long day there, had a bite to eat, and then we bought a monorail ticket that lasted us a couple of days. So the monorail kind of runs parallel with the strip, so you have to sort of go in a bit, you know, behind the hotels and things to find the stations. But it, it does a good job, you know, it serves a purpose. And we thought, well, buying a couple of days' worth of tickets, we should be able to get use of those. And, and we did, which was nice. So we did the walk, we had the food, we got back, sort of chilled out. Um, and because we kind of eaten one main meal, that was enough. I mean, we bought some snacks in the Walgreens uh, opposite the hotel. And then we decided we'd probably go for some ice cream, which we did in the evening. Well, it's frozen custard. Um, those in the US may be familiar with that. We Sue and I had that in uh, Santa Monica on the pier last year and enjoyed that. So it's slightly different consistency, maybe a bit more creamy, uh, but it was very nice all the same. So we enjoyed that. Did some night photography and then uh, then came back after a good long day. And on the Tuesday, we took a bus. So we bought, a, I think it was a 24-hour bus ticket uh, over to Fremont Street, which is where the kind of old old town, I suppose, Las Vegas is. Completely different um, setup there, much sort of lower buildings. Um, there are hotels there, a bit more modest, and obviously the casinos are kind of everywhere. And they've got this kind of roofway where they, it's a screen basically, I think it costs many millions of dollars, and it's always displaying different types of imagery. I think at night they do more shows, and, and there's a kind of zip wire thing that you can go on. Uh, so we didn't spend a huge amount of time there. Um, we stopped off at the Arts District on the way back, which was very, very quiet, and then headed back to the hotel and met up with the people that were starting to arrive for Headshot Mania. And to be honest, from that point, I think from Tuesday onwards, it started to get quite busy. You know, we, we had some lunch with some Headshot crew guys. Uh, in the evening, I met up with one for, for lunch, Beth. So we had some lunch, even dinner. Uh, we had some food in the evening. That was great. Uh, and then just kind of chilled out, passing some time and hanging hanging out, as they say. Um, on the Wednesday morning, because we still had some ticket time left, we decided to get the... Actually, I think we got the bus up to... The idea was to get the bus up to the Las Vegas sign. Um, this is the only bit of the strip we hadn't seen where the Mandalay is and, uh, and the Luxor. However, President Trump was in town, uh, so there's been election uh, activity going on over there. I won't pretend to know all the details, caucuses possibly, I'm sure I could be corrected. And there was a debate live on TV that evening uh, from one of the, the either theatres or hotels or something. I mean, everything does some kind of entertainment there. And the traffic was stopped and it was halted and people were getting rather irate on the bus because they needed to get to work. And they forced the doors to get off the bus and we kind of joined them and just did a walk. And then, of course, it all clears after that. So we hopped on the bus again and went up to the Las Vegas sign, did some photos and stuff like that. And then uh, wandered back down and we stopped at Denny's uh, by the MGM to have some brunch, I suppose you would call it. And that was uh, that was very nice. Uh, back to the hotel again. And actually in mid-afternoon, that was when it all started the registration period started and we got some goodie bags and they were very good goodie bags with all sorts of stuff in there and I'd prepay for a headshot mania t-shirt and stuff like that and you know more meeting up more meeting greeting and chatting and that kind of stuff 
until the evening when it was Peter's party. So there was a kind of sweet area at the top of the hotel and a magnificent cake, which I've I've got some pictures online, I think, certainly be on Facebook pages. But amazing uh, cake that had been put together. And uh, fun was had by all. So lots of speeches, Peter's family were there, so his wife and twin daughters, and uh, more meeting and, you know, socialising. It was great just... So, I mean, I'll break in here and say what, what was kind of so different and special, I suppose, about that whole event. So the way the crew works is that, you know, we have the usual Facebooks, you know, closed groups, and we kind of interact with each other on other social media. So the Instagram stuff when we're posting, LinkedIn and so on. And you do feel you know people, but you know people really on an online basis. So so there's the usual social media. Uh, there is the crew casts that happen uh, three times a week. So just to recap, I uh, mentioned it before, but no no issue in recapping again. Tuesday is Headshot of the Week competition, generally. Wednesday it's Success Track, so Business Focus and Portrait, looking at portrait stuff. And Thursday it's Open Mic, which can be anything, Open Mic opportunity. So you do, I mean, I've been on screen on those uh, on a few occasions. So there's a bit more, I suppose, there. You go from it just being typing in comments and you know, responding and having a conversation that way to having a little bit more interaction on screen. But you're still sometimes in the role of either a presenter or a commenter or a question asker. Uh, so you do have that. And uh, this was this was kind of filling in that other element, that missing element. Uh, so there were probably situations um, I found myself in a few times where I walked up to people knowing exactly who they were because they're quite prominent uh associate mentor level you know one of the, the most I suppose senior or or people who've been on the crew the longest uh, but of course they didn't necessarily know who I was until we made the introduction and that was the case for many of us I think but you know that didn't take long and then you you've kind of you've almost completed that that connection of friendship or that circle of friendship then because you've actually had a formal engagement and then of course there's others there that you meet through just sitting down and having a chat or being in the same classes together. And you didn't necessarily have any real knowledge of them prior to the event, but you obviously walked away and you very much did have knowledge of them. Um, and it was so special, actually, and it was it was really delightful to have that. And, of course, now you feel you know people even more. So when you go back to being on screen once a week or having an interaction online, you know, you've got a lot more kind of an, of an understanding of, of what they're about. So that was Wednesday, had the party, uh, didn't finish too late. And uh, on Thursday, it started uh, in earnest. So there were, on each day, so that it was the Thursday, Friday and Saturday, the morning session was guest speaker warm-up kind of thing, uh, different messages. So we did an um, improv with uh, Milo Shapiro, who's based in San Diego. And that was for about an hour and a half, uh, various exercises. And I kind of knew of some of these from the improv that Sue does. And she she was taught, you know laughing about how explain what what we had to do some of these exercises, but you know there's also messages there about you know it's it's okay to fail. Uh, Sue actually goes to a class called the Fail Club, you know, an improv class. So it's okay to fail. This is what, what this is all about. You know, you you kind of leave any egos or any you know concerns at the door, and you just get stuck into it. And that was a really great warm up session. And then um, so so there were sets of classes. For, for both days, you were split down the middle and that way you saw one class one day, one class the other day and the other team flipped, if you can understand my drift. So 
it was a lighting um, session that took place for most of Thursday. So there was some theory with some demonstrations uh, during the day. And then there's some practical examples in the evening, uh, or sorry, afternoon, into the evening. Um, it was great to have a fully comprehensive recap and set up how we light for what we do in, in headshot world. So, you know, lighting can be many things. Uh, light is light, but obviously there's still ways that you have to modify shape and control it. And it, I found that, that that was a really useful thing. But I, I, I actually mentioned this on the crew cast that we all enter this this world with bits of knowledge that we've picked up along the way but we don't necessarily all have the complete picture and that was a great opportunity for us to have that complete picture and then be able to take it away and put it into practice so excellent so that was that was run by Pedro George and uh, Ivan Weiss was uh, his able assistant um, really good session and then there was a bit of a break for for food and then in the evening, there was what they call the rumble room, which is where people have brought their gear and set up to do shots and do practice. Uh, but they also ran some classes alongside that. So I had classes booked for, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to refer to my notes, uh, apologies. Uh, so yeah, Direction and Expression uh, was the actual title of the session with Ryan Parker. That was excellent. And then there's a colour camp, which I didn't, didn't actually fully attend in the end. Uh, needed to have some stuff available that I didn't so that uh, Peter was running that one uh, but uh, for me that was uh, that was kind of the, the end of my first day uh, on the Friday the intro session was Vanessa Van Edwards who was talking about uh, expression um, not expression coaching but you know micro expressions I guess generally and that was incredible uh, some of the things we learned from that how to read a face and read people's expressions and maybe what's going on behind those expressions and uh, we also got a copy of her book which was great uh, and then I guess for me uh, the 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 biggest takeaway probably you know it's difficult to say what was the one thing but I went into that wanting to get something from the business and marketing side uh, and by Jove, did I? Uh, so Mike Sansoni and Mike Schacht, both based in Chicago, put together an excellent session. It was full on, uh, but it was it was really, really engaging. And I have to say, I walked away with my head spinning, but in a good way. And I've since been putting stuff into practice from what they told me, and that, in, that involved a complete website rewrite and some Google ads and some other things that I'm working on. And I've joined uh, Headshot Hot Source, which is their kind of separate concern. It's, I suppose it's connected in a way to uh, the Headshot crew, but it's open to anyone who wants to improve their headshot photography business world. And uh, it's, you know, these things aren't quick dip in, dip out and job done. Um, there are certain things you need to do, but there's other things you need to continue to do because, you know, Google's always changing. The marketplace is always changing. So I'm pleased that I've got the ball rolling. Uh, I joined Headshot Hot Source only yesterday, so that was on Thursday the 5th. Uh, so I've now got access to some extra coaching, uh, website reviews and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, a, a full-on day. I think we finished quite late. I think the, the sessions were meant to finish at about 5, and I think we walked out of there 6.15, 6.30, something like that. Um, and again, in the evening, there were some other classes and I attended one which was about the... Well, actually, there were two. So there was a Q&A on the business, which I went along to. Uh, and then there was 10 till 11, I think, in the evening. Uh, Pedro was doing a retouching class. 
And as I've now switched to using Affinity Photo, uh, as well as Capture One, which I've been using for a few months, that was completely relevant to my workflow. So I took comprehensive notes and got a massive amount of value. Um, so that that was that was really great. And you know, I guess the um, the enormity and the, the 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 tiredness was perhaps kicking in a bit then for one of my certain age. So Saturday, um, slightly different formats that day. So it was uh, David Trichel from Focus Three was talking about uh, E plus R equals O. So the event plus the response equals the outcome. We can think about many of things like that in our lives and think about what we can control, how we take a kind of pause when we have an event to think about how we would respond and then actually improve the outcome. I found that was a really, really good class, actually. Um and there was also a BCD thing, which has now stuck with me. So don't blame, complain and defend when things go wrong. You know, it's all about managing situations uh, effectively. So that was a really, really quite powerful session. Uh, then we had Tony Tafe talking about uh, the, the method we have for uh, how we run our sessions, the, the customer experience, all the way through to, uh, to, to for the customer leaving happy, the client leaving happy. Uh, there's a business aspect to that as well. Uh, and then there was rap sessions, which had all sorts. There were some demos from Peter, some Q&A with the, uh, the mentors in the head shop crew uh, and some handouts and all, all stuff like that. And, uh, and that, was, that was great. That was good fun. There was a bit more rumble room activity uh, in the afternoon as well. But also there was a call for people to pack away their stuff because they needed to exit the room by a certain time, which is fine. And in the evening, it was a wrap party. So there was a big team photo going, which I got a fraction of my head into, which a uh, little bit disappointed from my perspective, but that's that's my problem. Um, but it was still a good team photo. And there was some very good event photography take, taking place throughout, actually, uh, the whole the whole week, as well as a brilliant video put together by Justin Zur, which is on, on YouTube. And I'll put the link to that, and that will give you a feel for what Headshot Mania is all about. So, yeah, I'll post that in because it's open on YouTube. And then, yeah, the party, which was very nice. Food was laid on and some money put behind the bar. A bit of dancing was had um, and, again, more socialising. And then it sort of adjourned then to one of the bars in the hotel. I left about, I don't know, between one and two, I suppose it was. Um, I think some people left about four-ish. Some people were still playing blackjack or whatever at about 6am. So it, it was all things to all people. And then the following day, I think some people had departed very early on that morning, on the Sunday morning. Uh, I, Ivan and I were on the same flight back to London, so meant we kind of spent time together in a smaller group. And that was, I mean, there was still additional value, actually, even at that stage. So, you know, I mentioned earlier about how, you you know, you start to chat to people and get to know people a bit more. And, and this was the case. We were hanging around for flight times that varied until, I think, 11 p.m. someone had a flight back to Canada. Uh, ours was at uh, 20 to 9 in the evening. But we were still able to compare notes. We were looking at each other's Instagram. We were connecting socially. And I would say that that, whilst you wouldn't expect there to be a kind of benefit in terms of, you know, gaining knowledge and understanding from the event, it actually was, even to that last that last piece. And uh, so that, that was... Um, that was cool, actually. It was cool hanging around and we all had a bite to eat together. And and then we headed off to the airport. So got an Uber back. That was an experience because the car smelled of a certain substance that can be smoked. Um, but anyway, the driver had a few weird stories to tell us. 
uh, and then we worked out that we had to uh, we had to go to the two terminals because we were dropping Amy off for domestic and uh, then Ivan and I off for international. So there was a bit of a kind of uh, an Uber special, $10 extra charge, but who cares? Uh, and then I, th- I don't think I saw Ivan again, actually. I was in premium, he was in economy and um, we, I think he he got the tube back to his place and it was a very quick journey back. I got, got in the car and had to drive along the M25, but that was, that was fine. So it was all in all, um, a full on event, brilliantly managed, um, excellent to meet people that had been just kind of little thumbnails or moving objects on a screen. Now they were real, real people. And actually this isn't uh, a point out here, you know, we're obviously over in Europe, London or whatever. And, you know, the rest, well, there's a big, big part of the team in the USA and, and some in Canada. Um, and even though you're in the USA, it's a massive country, so you don't necessarily know each other. There were some pockets of people may have known each other or may have got together or interacted. But I think one of the things we'd like to do is to capture a small essence of, of that, that meetup benefit uh, post-mania by having some, some meetups locally. So I'm currently doing some um, putting the feelers out for one in, in London for Headshot Crew. And unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 slash coronavirus issue, probably going to look to push that back to early summer when hopefully things will be well we'll know more about the position then and um and with the weather improvements by then hopefully we should see a better better position in people's general health so let's uh, you know we can only hope because that's been that's been quite horrendous really um you know cases coming through every day people have now started panic buying and you know we, we kind of don't need that really so so that was uh, mania. Got back. I'm, I think I managed my jet lag probably as good as I've ever done it, if not better. And uh, you know, trying to stay up on that first night. Um, the biggest problem for me has always just been you know having that ravenous hunger. I've not really had an issue sleeping. So I was kind of. I don't know if this is a pro tip anywhere, but it's my tip for free on this podcast episode thirty four, and that is to have a fairly big bowl of, of decent cereal like a oatmeal, muesli, whatever it might be, granola. Um, I, I'm trying to cover all the bases here. And I did that uh, for about the first three nights and it really worked well. So, uh, and I didn't, I avoided having any afternoon sleeps. So I kind of forced my body to say, nope, you're in this time zone now, just get on with it. And and I did, and uh, I'm here to tell the tale. So now I feel, Obviously, it's quite a way later now, so I should be back in the groove. But even last week, I, I was I was fine, and it, you know I've I've not. It's been quiet in terms of bookings at the moment. I've got some couple coming in on Saturday, uh, but I've been. That's not a problem when I've got this absolutely massive list of things to do to develop the marketing and growth side of my business. So, you know, how do people book me if they don't know I exist? And how do I exist? Well, I make sure I'm posting in adverts on social and otherwise and keeping all my passive stuff uh, up to date, you know, SEO wise and, and the like. I don't want to switch off too many people, but you'll you'll get the idea if you're close to this. Uh, it's a it's a big animal out there and uh, needs to be tamed, so to speak. So that's been a big feature. And, you know, I've been also doing some test stuff with my flex kit. Um, oh, actually, yes. So another additional benefit from Mania. So the sort of things that happened there that you wouldn't 
necessarily go out with the intention of picking up. Um, what am I talking about, Phil? Right, what I'm talking about is how people set their lights up, how they clamp their lights and so on. So with the Flex Kit, I've got a certain kind of, I think you call it a yoke type, a Y-shaped clamp. Screws in either side of the light and then goes into the, the grip head on the, on the light stand. But the original version of the Flex Kit just had a clamp that went into a kind of screw type setting into the grip head. And I've since placed an order, although I've got to wait at least another four to six weeks for it to come through, unfortunately, because uh, I wanted something that would clamp, but it was a bit wider than the one that Westcott sell. Um, and it just makes it easier. It's just so I, I don't have the luxury of a studio where I could just leave the lights up all the time. Uh, so occasionally you've got people around and it just doesn't involve a headshot shoot. Uh, then I would normally put the kit away. So it just, it will just save a bit of time having a, a clamp type operation uh, if you can visualize it. And if you're still with me, uh, the other thing was, actually, it was laughable because it was so silly when you think about it. So I'd looked at the way one of the guys had uh, had powered up his his lights, and he'd used a an extension lead uh, with short cables going into the plugs. And I thought, oh, that didn't half look tidy. So the the power leads that came with the flex kit, I haven't measured the length. They're probably at least three meters, maybe more, and. They don't need to be, basically. So I went online and I ordered three half a metre. They're like kettle leads like they have in the UK, you know, so fairly thick. Not that they even need to be, but so I went for the, the slightly stronger ones. Um, and a two metre lead so that I can move one of the lights around if need be and still connect it to the same power source when I'm doing the, the men's lighting setup. But in most cases, it'll just be three short leads all kind of converging in the same place, all the transformers together so I can easily change the the values. And I just, I would probably have never thought of that. Uh, I mean, I might have done one day, or I might have gone to Ivan's studio and seen it that he does his better. But um, just silly things like that you pick up. You think, well, I, you know, that's an added benefit of being there. You know, seeing the different backdrops people use, just seeing how they go about their business. Um, I mean, in some ways it's, it's a slightly false environment because you're there's a bit of mayhem going on. You're trying to do a shoot, but you could still have an engagement and a conversation with a with your client. Um, but obviously, it's a much more personal experience when you're back home in the studio. So, so that was uh, that was something that I've picked up and put into train since I've got back. Um, also, gear wise, you know, I think I said before, I'm not looking to buy too much. There's a few things I've I've noted uh, that are going to be on my buy list. But I'm going to wait until the photography show, which is in two weeks, well, about 10 days time. Weekend after next. There you go. Whatever that is. Um, in Birmingham at the NEC. Just to see if anyone's doing any specials. So they, the specials can sometimes be at the show themselves or companies that have an online presence will just say, we're doing a show special. Enter this code in and you'll get a percentage off or, or whatever. And the best ones are when they do it across the board. But we'll we'll have to keep our fingers crossed for that so yeah there's a few bits of gear not too expensive i will go back to selling some of the stuff that didn't sell there are only about three items that didn't sell before and picking a few things that i don't think i'm going to need anymore getting those into uh into ebay although i kicked myself because i missed one of their uh discounted selling fee promotions um i don't know why i don't get the emails but there were messages within the app and i was so disappointed in myself that i'd not maybe switch that bit on so I had to go into the app to then find out that I um I'd, I'd missed it by a few days so 
I may hold on. I mean, I think these things are quite random in terms of how they how they offer them. They're probably not going to do it that quick. Um, so I'm either going to suck it in, put them up for sale, but if they're not actually causing me any major grief, I'll wait until the uh, the next promotion and change my notification settings. So plenty to do, plenty of practice. Uh, business thing will be part and parcel of my future makeup. Um, I've got a couple of potentials from Sue's connections, so uh, that's that's always good. And the big news with Sue, so this is just coming to the final few days of rehearsal for Peace in Our Time at the Union Theatre in Southwark in London. Please get your tickets. Although the tickets are selling well, which is good, so another reason to please get your tickets. And I'm going to be doing some shooting for them. Uh, it'll be their dress rehearsal. Main, ev- main evening for that is next Tuesday. I'm going to try and get a couple of days in as part recce, but I'll actually bring my camera and do some shots prior to that. And uh, then they'll look for my images to, a bit like they did at King's Head um, for Falling in Love Again, uh, send them out to the press to attach to their reviews that they put online. So that was... I wanted to do that from the off. Sue got an opportunity to ask and, and the production team were delighted. So really pleased for that. And, you know, I don't advertise much that I do beyond headshot photography. I try and make it completely clear. You know, if you're coming to me, this is what you're going to get. But, you know, the theatre and still stuff, I like low light. I think it's always important to have something else that you kind of do. And uh, it's something that will also, it's not, it's not completely disconnected because it still keeps me in touch with actors. So there's still an opportunity of, you know, getting my face out there, my brand out there, if you like. So uh, been pleased to get that. Looking forward to doing that shoot. And um, I think that is just about where we are. So in the next episode, I'll be able to talk a bit more about recent headshots, talk a bit more about hopefully good news, maybe on the management of COVID-19, but we shall see. And I will be preparing for the photography show. I've got a ticket for the Tuesday and I'm looking to meet Amanda from Westcott who should be coming over. She was really helpful in uh, sorting out the, the issue that I had with um, with getting a discount. But anyway, it was all sorted out in the end. And it'd be great shame, you know, a big event like that. And this is part of the problem, isn't it? It's a public gathering. I don't know how you control these things. Uh, people have to be honest with themselves. If they're not feeling well, they've got to stay and self-isolate. Um, but, you know, if we start seeing those events being cancelled, I mean, they, they put out on Twitter, I think, two days ago that they're watching closely for advice and are not taking any um, or doing any moves at the moment to, to cancel it or anything. So let's hope. Let's keep our fingers crossed. If not, it'll be a refund of tickets and things, maybe, if I can get lucky. I don't really fancy just going to Birmingham for on spec for the day. And nothing against people from Birmingham or Birmingham itself. Okay. Uh, I'm going to finish off now. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Always grateful to, uh, to, to, to get people commenting and reviewing. So if, if you're able to do that, that'd be most appreciated. Uh, In the meantime, I will now sign out and catch up again very soon.